Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. Today, we offer a tribute to the late Kevin Conroy. We'll discuss his life, career, what he meant to us, and his ultimate legacy to this world, in our opinion. Zooming into our medium shot now, what was your first exposure to Kevin Conroy's work? My first exposure was probably the Arkham games. Hmm. I mean, there was obviously probably little Justice League animation stuff here and there that I saw for the movies and, of course, the Justice League show, but I didn't really watch that as a kid. I guess I was just busy watching other things as well. And I never got into the Batman animated series, the original one, when I was younger. I wish I did. I'm trying to find a box set of it now because I can't find it anywhere on streaming. And just to have maybe even a 4K version, but, you know, who knows. And, uh, but yeah, the my very first probably was Arkham Asylum. I remember seeing clips of it on YouTube and, you know, just wanting to play it. Definitely went out and bought it as soon as I could. And what was funny, the only I think the only version that I could buy was like a collector's edition. <laughs> so what I have, I actually have it right here. So what came with it was the game, a large-scale Batarang that was from the game. Ooh. But also, if anybody's played it, the notebook from uh, the doctor that's in, that's in the uh, game for the first Arkham Asylum. Is he the one who left I all the tapes? Yeah, it was that doctor. I, hmm. uh, Dr. Penelope Young. Yeah, so that, and it has all, like, the, you know, there's different characters in it. There's, you know, Ivy and all that. There's, you know, it's Ooh. all the different ones before you ever, like, and then at the end, there's Batman. I know him. Which is pretty funny. Uh, the Joker's in here somewhere as well. There's also the Warden Sharp as well. So it's it was a pretty cool collector's edition yeah the joker's like the front page so i can't remember if the guy said oh we don't have a copy of it without the collector's edition or he just sold me the collector's edition (laughs) but i remember carrying it on my back in my backpack while i was biking home and it was the most awkward thing ever and that kind of also sparked my love for getting collector's editions (laughs) Because of just the stuff that came in it. And, but yeah, I played Arkham Asylum for the, you know, for the first time and fell in love with it. I, uh, I mean, I'm going to talk about it later on in this episode, but I think the Arkham series is probably the best portrayals of both Batman and Joker that Kevin and Mark Hamill has done throughout their entire career. I just think it's so accurate. And then, of course, went on to play Arkham City when that came out. Love that. And then Arkham Knight came out. Love that. Even though it got a lot of hate at the time, I was a big fan of it. And I'd just been following Kevin Conroy, you know, all these years throughout the movies. And whenever, you know, you hear his voice. There was a while where they went back and forth between Kevin Conroy doing the voice or Troy if it was Baker someone as well. else doing. I think Troy Baker. Yeah, did Troy some. Baker. Or was he the Joker? Well, he I did. Don't remember? No, he did. Ar- he did Arkham or uh, no, I don't know if Troy Baker did Arkham Origins. He did Arkham Origins, but he was the Joker in that. But it was a different actor for Arkham Origins, and I thought that one was fine. But I was mostly talking about 
the animated movies and shows. The new 52-based ones, yeah, in the last yeah. 10 years or so. Yeah, but whenever I saw that Kevin Conroy was voicing Batman at the time in a movie or an episode of a show, if even if it was a one-off, I was like, okay, this is going to be a good episode. Just him as a whole is... He's just perfect. Like, he's my he's my favorite Batman. He always has been. I just think he embodies the character so well. And, yeah, that's how I got into Kevin. Well, I feel like, for me, Kevin Conroy's Batman has been around as long as I can remember. Just ever, really. I think, when I was a kid, what got me into superheroes in the first place was... Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, Adam West's Batman on old 1960s reruns, and Batman the Animated Series. I used to have a DVD of Batman the Animated Series, just the first season. I never watched the reruns on TV, I don't think. I don't even know why we never had the other seasons. It was just season one, and I rewatched that with my brother so many times. I remember so many of those those episodes. They made a very profound effect on me. And, you know, even though there was other Batmans, like, you know, I... So I grew up seeing both sides of Batman. I saw the campy Adam West Batman, the more fun, lighthearted one. But even as a kid, I gravitated towards Kevin Conroy's film noir-inspired, darker, more mature. And they were all Batman to me. But Kevin Conroy's just felt more... Not that Adam West one talked down to the audience, but it was it was funnier. It was fun to see Batman in live action, but something about the animated Batman, just its its gothic style, the the darkness to it. Even as a kid, that was it was just really interesting. And I guess I would have been oh around four or five years old when. The Justice League and Justice League Unlimited cartoons were on the air, too. So, yeah, I had those reruns of Batman the Animated Series, but where I really watched him in real time was those Justice League cartoons. And those are some of my formative entertainment growing up as well. Those Justice League cartoons were incredible, and Batman was always my favorite growing up. Superman's my favorite now, but back then, Batman was my favorite, and that was in no small part to Kevin Conroy's performance. To this day, 20 years later, he's still the voice. I think of when I think of Batman, when I read Batman comics, I read them in his voice. Although if I'm reading 1940s comics, I do hear Adam West's voice because the character's <laughs> written a little more like him, but just modern comics. Most comics, it's Kevin Conroy's voice. When I got a little older, I still remember the first time I played Arkham Asylum. I got it as a rental from Blockbuster. You remember what that is, kids? Does anyone know what that is? We're showing our age here. So that was... I think there's one still alive. I think Still one, one, huh? Like somewhere in America, yeah. I think because it's, it's in a small town and just this community has just come together and just kept it in business the whole time. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, when I was a little kid, I didn't really think too much of the difference between, oh, the Batman and Arkham Asylum sounds the exact same as the Batman in the animated shows in the Justice League cartoon in the animated series. Even other video games I played based on Batman in the animated series. There's one I always remember called Rise of Sinzu, which nobody seems to remember but me. 
but it was based on the animated series. And that was also voiced by Kevin Conroy. My point is, across all these different mediums, I never really thought so much about the voice acting, about, like, oh, he was just Batman. And it was always a little strange when somebody else was Batman who wasn't Kevin Conroy. I still remember there were there were other shows, like, oh, I think the one was called just The Batman. There was Batman the Brave and the Bold. There were other Batman cartoons as a kid. But even when I was a kid and didn't really know the concept of voice actors or studio politics or anything, I always knew there was a more definitive Batman than all the others. <laughs> and that was Kevin. Yeah, you so, kind of, you just kind of, you pricked my memory there of the Batman TV show. That's the one I grew up on. That's mm-hmm. the show I grew up on. I don't know if it's more. because of, yeah, I don't know if it's because the channels that I was watching wasn't really playing Batman the Animated Series or I, ne- I just never had a box set. But yeah. the channel I watched, they had the Batman. And that guy did a pretty good job. But again, he's, it's not <laughs> Kevin Conroy. I think he d- he did a pretty good job. That's actually a really good show. It's underrated. I don't There's even really remember off... the story so much as the weird animation style for the Joker in particular. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah, a memorable it animation style. Yeah. It's memorable. The like the there's like a music cue in it as well. That's really cool. There's also a what do you call it? Not like a spin-off movie, but just a a movie set in that universe where he fights. He fights Dracula. Dracula. I have that one too on yeah, DVD. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting take on the Batman universe or the the st- stylization of Batman. So I liked it. So let's zoom in to our close-up now and get into the real meat of this show about Kevin Conroy's life and not just our backgrounds, but what he meant to us, his legacy, etc. So do you want to talk more about what he meant to us or do you want to talk more about his career first? Uh, I mean, I might be, I might just be doing that the whole time, but... Yeah, Kevin Conroy was just one of those guys who he just just brought so much charisma to the screen just through his voice and he was able to bring a character to life through voice acting, which a lot of people don't really understand how difficult that is. It's actual acting. It's not just yeah. speaking to a microphone like we are right now. I mean, even if you're watching this on video, I'm being pretty animated. I have facial expressions. I'm not I'm not just talking monotone yeah. into a mic telling you my opinions. This is acting too, in a way. We're putting on a performance for you and voice acting is the same way. It's very underrated. People don't really appreciate what voice actors bring to a medium. It's like they think we just go into booths with uh, soundproofing foam. People say, say the line and this is the line. I am Batman. All right, that's good. So much more to it than that. Respect voice actors, people. It's real acting. And it's good. It's it really powerful is. stuff. Which is uh, makes me kind of sad because I wish we were able to see him at Fan Expo. But uh, I assumed he canceled because he was dealing with his illness. Which is sad, but I can also fully understand. Kevin Conroy came I was to, able our local... to meet. I was able to meet Troy Baker, though. So Ooh. that was cool. Kevin Conroy came to our local Fan Expo Toronto. Many, many years in a row. I've been going pretty much every year, not counting the COVID years when it wasn't open, but I've gone pretty much every year since 2018. And 
Kevin Conroy, I believe, was at all of those, except for just this year, which is when I probably would have gone to see him if I had the chance. But you know what? I always figured, oh, well, you know, there's a lot of older celebrities here, guys in their 70s, 80s. Kevin Conroy is only in his 60s, so I'll have plenty of opportunities to see him going forward. Don't... You know, if you want to see a person, don't do what I did. Just go just go see a person. Yeah. I still I still believe in principle, go for the older guys first, because you never know. I mean it's not a it's not this a bad a, rule. This is a this is a freak occurrence, but you know what? I, I never got yeah. to meet one of my idols because of that. So take from my experience what you will there. But I am very disappointed I never got to meet him. Even just to say Hello, I'm a big fan. Just, yeah, like, thank you, yeah. Your work changed my life, really, which I can get into a little later, but... Yeah, all I've heard about, uh, just from stories online with people who've met him, he's just such a nice guy to be around. He's so fun and so appreciative of the fans. That's what uh, divides him from other types of voice actors or different actors, that he truly cared about the Batman character and its fans. He was so passionate about the project. That's why he's been, he did it for like over 30 years. He has the record as the longest tenure of a Batman actor ever. He clearly had a love for the character. And like you said, a love for the fans too. I've been watching a lot of interviews with Kevin Conroy to prepare for this episode to learn about some of his career and background and just, just hear the man talk about his own life and he seems like such a such a genuine human being with a with a passion for life and making people happy and i've seen so many pictures of him at expos with fans and he looks he just really looks really happy being around people smiling people making them happy when he shares his stories he he makes a lot of people laugh. He he goes to so many conventions, like I said. Nobody has to do that. Yeah, he's getting paid to be there. But I feel like he showed up to these things at a higher frequency than most. And keeping in mind, he's still a working actor. A lot of people who come to these things are retired and they're looking to make a little extra on the side or they're not working as much anymore. But he was still a working actor in his early 60s, which isn't the prime of his career, but he's still working a lot and going to all these expos and talking to people online. I heard he answered a lot of comments online and had a very active social media presence. And he was on sites like Cameo as well, where you get personalized video messages from from him. And he made a lot of very heartfelt ones and really put in his all for the fans. And you don't get that with a lot of celebrities. Not just a passion for what they do, but an appreciation for the people they're doing it for, who love them and their work, and they want to give back to that community. Even though you're already giving a lot to us just by doing the work, which we love so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. He truly was just one of those just great people who... Again, just from a young age, just allowed uh, me personally, just allowed you to be interested in this type of stuff, you know, mm -hmm. where it, just to be able to 
you know, even just play those Arkham games and be like, it's just not some guy in a bad costume fighting a, a clown. You know, there's depths to this. There's, you know, there's character arcs. There's ups and downs. There's some funny moments. There's serious moments. It's it's just, it's a nice drama. And I don't think, I honestly don't think Batman would be as iconic of a character in the modern day if Kevin didn't voice some of his roles. I honestly believe that. The funny thing about that is even I've seen Kevin Conroy deliver dialogue written for guys like Christian mm-hmm. Bale and Ben Affleck or even Robert Pattinson, Robert, even Robert Pattinson. And every time he delivers their lines, it's better. I mean, it's not crazy, to, right? Not to knock those guys performances. They're all great Batman. They all, I love most of their takes and, they have some really good movies and, you know, they, they've got their thing and they're beloved in their own right. But every time Kevin Conroy reads their lines, he just does it better. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. It just feels more like Batman to me. And I'm like, if you, if you just dubbed over all the Batman movies, wouldn't <laughs> that be great? <laughs> Somehow they'd be, be better. Funny. Yeah, his, his rendition of the Dark Knight monologue at the end of that movie is just breathtaking. Powerful. I've seen that it's one. It's crazy how good it is. It's crazy how good it is. Yeah. I had another point, which I blanked <laughs> on. <laughs> going, going back to... Well, I, was, I guess I was, I'll skip back to what I was thinking before and saying, I feel like his work in the Arkham games, for example, is... I don't really think video games had that kind of... Not a lot of video games had great voice acting like that in the 2000s i feel like in the 2000s mm-hmm. video games were largely still you know they were they were fun they didn't take themselves too seriously there wasn't really this focus on immersive deep characters and stories a lot the arkham games weren't the first ones but they were definitely one of the first to make a take a big beloved property like batman and take him seriously in a video game form. Which also is um, like his other work as well. Batman the Animated Series was just for example, you're going into Batman the Animated Series. The biggest thing, the biggest adaptations of Batman were still Adam West and just recently the Tim Burton one starring Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. In 1989, Batman the Animated Series started production around 1991. And Kevin Conroy's talked about how when he first got called in for this audition, the only Batman he was ever familiar with was the Adam West Batman. He didn't know anything about the comic books or see the Tim Burton movie or anything. He just thought a Batman is this silly character. And he had really no connection to it. And he yeah. he's even talked about how when he went into that audition, he was looking to get the role of Harvey Bullock, the, you know, the tough-as-nails cop, the... Or Commissioner com- Gordon, yeah, yeah. Commissioner Gordon's right It's because right he comes... Yeah. It's because he comes be- from, a, like, a theater background in Juilliard, and it's, it's funny amongst theater actors. You always want the more, uh, like... Serious, the word I'm looking for. tough as nails. Cop not uh, not serious, not serious, but you always try. It's very theater thing to do for go to the more like 
out there character. You yeah. just have fun on stage and stuff. So it's a very theater thing to do. And I heard this, I'm taking this line from another podcast I listened to, but <laughs> they told him, you know, if you get Batman, you're in every episode, right? Stop trying to make us not hire you. <laughs> it's basically what they said to him. Well, see, he thought guys like Harvey Bullock or Commissioner Gordon were more of those out there characters he was looking for who could, you know, he could really sink his teeth into as a classically trained actor. And then I've heard him talk about how he he came to see Batman as that guy. He realized the Batman story is kind of a Greek drama, I believe he said in one interview, an epic tragedy. And the classically trained actor in him spoke to this character who he was a broken boy forced to build himself from the ground up to become an ideal and to everybody take his pain and turn it into a force for good. Dresses in grand costumes becomes an ideal, becomes something larger than himself. You see the signal in the sky and the man bat walking around town and he kind of got to like this character just because of just because of its epicness in, in scope and the depth behind it. Yeah, and, uh, it's it's amazing how he was able to do that for... And it's crazy to think how <laughs> it's this silly stigma against animation, but probably Batman the Animated Series is probably one of the best television shows ever produced. It's in, in my top ten. Telling. Yep. Yeah. And even, even like some Emmys. of the just, it even won yeah, Emmys exactly. for its writing. And probably the bet one of the best Batman movies out there is Mask of the Phantasm, which is made by the same people. It's set in the Batman animated universe, and it's probably got, it's got Kevin Conroy at his best. It's got the um, Mark Hamill at his best in terms of voice acting. It's has such a bigger budget, so the animation looks so clean. But it's and it's set in the animation style before they had to like reboot it. So before the character designs and stuff, I don't know if you've ever seen it. But oh, and I'm, it's just I'm a really talk good. About Mask of the Fan- I'll, I'll talk about Mask of the Phantasm yeah. now. It's I mean we're already into it, but I'll just say that you talked about Arkham Asylum is your favorite version. Mask of the Phantasm and me is my favorite Kevin Conroy performance as Batman. I think mm-hmm. there's he carries so much depth in that movie. One of my all-time favorite Batman moments in anything is that sequence where and you you can find this sequence on youtube it's just a couple minutes long of well actually i think these are different sequences but in the one sequence he basically the plot of this movie if you've never seen it is there's this new villain in town the phantasm and batman is fighting this person but you also see it's kind of also an adaptation of batman year one a little bit where it flashes back to Bruce Wayne trying to be a vigilante for the first time. But just as he's gone through all this training and he comes back to Gotham and he's prepared to be this vigilante, not quite the Batman yet, but just prototype vigilante, he meets this rich heiress named Andrea Beaumont and he falls in love with her. And she actually makes him happy enough that he considers not being a vengeful demon of the night, but settling down with her, getting married, maybe having a family, who knows? He can see a life with this woman. 
And there's this scene where he has a crisis of faith and he breaks down crying at the grave of his parents. Mm -hmm. And he says, I didn't expect to be happy. It just doesn't hurt as much anymore. I don't, I know I made you a promise, but, you know, I, I didn't expect to not have this turmoil in, in my mind and life. And, you know, that, that is my favorite scene of Kevin Conroy's entire career as Batman. Just that vulnerability that he has in, yeah. in that moment where he's like, can you imagine any other Batman actor in a scene like that breaking down crying and like telling his no. deepest and thoughts? it's funny because like, it's not even... It's not even a Batman moment. It's a Bruce Wayne moment. Yeah. That's what's kind of funny about it. Yeah. He's, so he's breaking down crying. He's vulnerable. He's sharing his innermost thoughts. But he's not as single-minded or as other Batman. This is a Batman who debated not being Batman. He had a chance at being happy. Mm -hmm. He had an out and he nearly took it. That is such fantastic writing. And then some of the scenes after that, which, okay, I'm sorry, I'm spoiling some of the movie for you but so later in these flashbacks well actually it's not really a spoiler if you you know the story of batman you know he becomes batman so andrea leaves him he doesn't know why she just hands him a note that says she can't be with him anymore and she gets it delivered to him she doesn't even come in person and that was the that was the final straw for him that was the moment where he became batman and then Shirley Walker's score swells as he puts on the cowl for the first time and he walks, the shadow of the bat walks by Alfred and Alfred just has this stunned face and he just says, my God. And yeah, it's the best the moment... part of that sequence is you don't even see it. You don't even see him in the full costume. It's all in shadow. And yeah, it's just, you see Alfred's reaction in the score. Moment. Yeah. It's a beautiful no, moment. No other Batman's gotten scenes like that. No. Mask of the Phantasm just breaks Bruce Wayne down to his core as a character. It, it gives him the most complexity to deal with as a human being. And Kevin Conroy plays it all amazingly. Now, I've heard mm -hmm. that Kevin Conroy himself has said that he always loved the more psychological takes on Bruce Wayne himself. Two things he's mentioned before is some of his favorite works as Batman, are the episode Perchance to Dream, where Bruce Wayne envisions yep. a life where he never became Batman and his parents are still alive. So, and that one kind of messes with Bruce Wayne's mind as he, as he envisions a life that was actually happy and not like a cursed existence as uh, a vengeful uh, vigilante. And another one, which I was surprised to hear him say was one of his favorites, was Arkham Knight, where he was really fascinated to play Batman as he succumbs to the Joker toxin and slowly loses his sanity throughout the game. You hear the Joker speaking into his mind throughout that whole game, and it just really delves into Bruce's psyche, because Bruce knows his time is coming new and end soon. And whatever you do in this game, he knows this is going to be his last chance to save Gotham and set up his legacy. And that's really complicated stuff, once again, that Kevin Conroy loved to delve into. It, it was all about the psychology for him. 
which and this is a guy who does Shakespeare. He was a Broadway and off-Broadway mm-hmm. performer. He's a Shakespearean actor. And I think that's one thing that cuts him above all the others. I mean, once again, no offense to any of the other actors, but like, you know, Shakespearean actors are legit. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, they're the best of the best. If you can pull off Shakespeare and make it sound good, that's not easy. Well, he said he, he said he saw Batman as Hamlet when they were trying, when they were pitching him the, the role, they said, oh, and talking about the dual personalities and how he puts on a mask and stuff to uh to hide who he truly is he's like oh so this character is basically hamlet which he he has played before and he's also you know he's talked about how he's had to put on a mask in his real life because of his sexuality and hiding that from his peers and but also trying to not be ashamed of it at the same time and how hard that was growing up or working in the 80s and 90s in New York during the AIDS epidemic. He wrote this incredible um, story. He wrote this incredible Batman comic called Finding Batman, where he details his tumultuous upbringing and the experiences he had, like Ryan said, dealing with the AIDS crisis in the 80s as a closeted gay man from a devout Irish Catholic family. He had an alcoholic for a father who had serious mental health issues. His brother was schizophrenic. He had to take care of his brother. He lost roles when people found out he was gay. He he was the one who had to go to the hospital and find his father after uh, after his father tried to kill himself. He was the one who got sent to the hospital to look after him and that scarred him you know seeing just seeing what his father was like after that moment and he had to care for his brother so by the time he got to the role of batman he strongly related to bruce wayne's struggles of maintaining public and private faces of yearning for stability he may never have in this world of loss and grief and fear and constant inner turmoil. In many ways, he lived Bruce Wayne's psyche. He He's talked before about how he was at the bedside of both his parents when they died. He, he watched them both die, and he was there for them at that moment. Just all of these experiences in his life coalesced to make him a very... I keep saying genuine, but he, that, I think that's why his performance rings so true is because he had a lot of hardships in his life and he really, he really put all that pain of his life into Batman. It feels real when he says the words because it is real for him. Yeah. He's just a a brilliant guy. He's been through so much, and this sounds very superficial to say, but as an actor, you take all the trauma that's happened in your life and you use it. Yeah. <laughs> you use it in your work, and it it definitely uh, you try to you use it in a safe manner, and you make sure that you know you don't go full out in terms of you know you could accidentally hurt somebody, but uh, you use it in order to. Because that's that's all that acting is, is you take experiences of your life and you sort of use that in, in the roles that you are given and try to make the most authentic thing possible. And for 
<laughs> for a character who whose parents were murdered and dressed up as a bat to fight crime against all these comic book villains. It's some of the most it's the most grounded performance, the most authentic you could ever do do for that character and not just in the animated series not just in the games but in all the media that he's ever done i think one of the most underrated movie uh justice league movie i think is uh justice league doom where Mm -hmm. it's uh there's a plot where one of the villains steals batman's plans to uh kill the justice league that he that he created in case the justice league ever goes rogue yeah and the you just you can hear the panic in Kevin Conroy's voice when he finds out what's going on and spoiler alert when everything's all right in the end <laughs> yeah. they ask what well, what do you have to say for yourself he's he says nothing if i had the chance to do it i would do it again and i hope you guys would do the same and, and what's just he, yeah he says something about if you can't see the need for a Justice League with a check on it, then I don't need a vote. I'm mm-hmm. leaving. They're going to kick him out. Yeah. Yeah, they were going to kick him. They were going to vote to kick him out. He's like, you know what? I'll just quit. Yeah. It was, it was like, it was. You can't was, fire me. I he, quit. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. He would he have been more Kevin like. Kevin Hart before Kevin you can't Hart fire. <laughs> he'd be, he would have been more like, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But uh Yeah, I'm surprised they never got that wasn't that didn't get a sequel in any type of way cuz I would have loved to see I would have loved to see a Kevin Conroy Batman who wasn't in the Justice League but also still had to deal with them. I don't know. Maybe it didn't do as well, but I think it was because I'm going to say movie... that was kind of Justice League. I'm going to say that was more like the Justice League cartoon cuz Batman wasn't a full-time member. He was always kind of doing his own thing. There were multiple episodes of the show where Batman kind of went rogue. Or I remember seeing a clip recently of one in particular where the Justice League had to turn themselves into the government or something. And Batman was like, screw that. And the Justice League is like, we voted on it. He's like, I'm a part-time member. <laughs> you I can guess. do what you want. Yeah, I guess you could say it's from like that Justice League universe. It just has a different art style, but it has, I think, most of the same voice actors. Yeah, I remember. I think maybe because the movie didn't do as well because it got released when Injustice, the first game, got released too. And I know that because uh-huh. I bought like a collector's edition for Injustice, and the movie came with. So he's what came with it. It came with like a statue, the first comic book for the Injustice hmm. series. That was to set up the game and that movie. So I, it might not have done that well. Did he voice Which him I in can't Inju- believe we went, we he went voiced through like half this and didn't even... Yeah, yeah. We almost went through this whole thing without mentioning Injustice, but those games are fun too. It's basically Mortal Kombat light set in the DC universe. Uh, and I think he They're does... That's, I think that's an excellent story. It's an excellent story. Kevin does a great job in it. One of my favorite scenes is... And of course, Tim Daly as well. Superman, yeah. Who plays Superman in all those Justice League cartoons and the, or the, you know, the ones from the 2000s. DC animated. And uh, was he, was he the voice for the Superman animated series as well? Yep. The he original voiced, series? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those people who played in those animated shows basically 
did the voices for yeah. every version of those characters for until 20, the new 52, for, yeah. For 20 years basically. And even after that, I mean, they still they still voice they still do them. I think they've had a couple reunions in that universe over the years yeah. in animated projects, but yeah, so Tim Daly is Superman. Yeah. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes with Kevin Conroy and Tim Daly happens in Injustice is when <laughs> Kevin, Corey's, Kevin Conroy's Batman is breaking out a different universe as Kevin Conroy's Batman from the prison, and Superman confronts him. This is evil Superman. If you don't know this, where have you been? <laughs> and he talks about how, you know, crime took my family to Clark. And whenever Batman says Clark, I, I'm always like, oh my god, he's trying to get personal with him. <laughs> and it just it just like hits me in the feels a little. And then uh, Tim Daly says, but you weren't the gun. I just think that's an excellent scene because uh, for those who don't know, uh, Superman accidentally killed his wife and unborn son and Metropolis or a million people in Metropolis because a, a bomb was connected to Lewis's heartbeat. And when that went off, you know, Joker like put Joker put a uh, fear toxin into into um Mix fear toxin with kryptonite. Some kind of that illusion made him to think was doomsday. Yeah, think it doomsday. So he brought him up to space, but it was actually Lewis, which is dark as fuck. And so then that he version snaps. of Superman kill snaps kills the Joker, and then for the next five years starts ruling the world, uh, the entire world. So that's why Superman said, "But you weren't the gun." So there's it's like a tragic version of Superman, which has become very popular. <laughs> A more darker the version best, of Superman. It's still the best evil Superman story. Yeah. But Kevin Conroy's Batman's the hero. Yeah. Um, but those Injustice games too, it's, it's great because it's not just Kevin Conroy. It's two of him, if you think about it, in that first Injustice game where he's playing one Batman who is brought into this universe to try and help save that universe from uh superman but also another batman where he's kind of given up and he doesn't really know what to do he's conflicted on whether he should kill his friend or not and all we all we have to say about any kevin conroy performance is great like he's great in it even in batman killing joke the uh joe hasn't seen it but it's a little yeah i know somehow i haven't seen that one i should i should it's a it's a little it's, a, it's a little toned down, both Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy's performance in it. But I think they're both you know it's still great. It's still great to hear Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill talk uh, talk through the Ellen Moore dialogue. It's never they're bad not, when you put they, those two not together. Bad. Ever, yeah, they're incredible. Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill has famously said in interviews and stuff. The first question he asks is Kevin doing it. Okay, then I'll do it. If it's good enough for Kevin, it's good enough for me. Which is funny so, for me for the killing joke because Mark Hamill was ready to retire the Joker after Arkham City, but he came back for mm-hmm. the killing joke because, well, first of all, it's the killing joke, one of the most famous Joker stories of all time, and also oh, Kevin was doing it. So, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? Come out of retirement for that. Well, he also came back for Arkham Knight, if you think about it. Okay, well, that that was kind of a surprise <laughs> role, though. Nobody That was a surprise, yeah. Nobody thought. But yeah, he was you said he back. wouldn't. He said he wouldn't come back from retirement unless it was the killing joke and unless Kevin Conroy was doing it, which just shows how much respect the two have for each other because they both came up from the Batman animated series. 
and well, even I, mean, I came I, up before that, but I mean through like <laughs> through anime, voice, voice acting, acting and, I mean, and yeah, smartass star what <laughs> anyway, Trek. But yeah, I as soon as Kevin Conroy passed away, I was like, oh my god, what's Mark gonna say? How is Mark gonna feel? Because the two were just they're they just together all the yeah. time. They're inseparable. And I even and looked up Tim Daly. I even looked up Tim Daly tweet, and they were both very. They both said like, "This is sad," but they both were like, "Let's just celebrate who he was and what he brought to this world." And you know, death yeah. doesn't have to be sad. It has, to, you know, we should celebrate who Kevin Conroy was. He was a, and they both said like he was a real friend for me. That like they were both friends. And see, you think of the best Batman Joker pairings. You know, you got. Adam West and Cesar Romero, you got uh, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson, Christian Bale and Heath Ledger, uh, Ben Affleck and Jared Leto. Leto. (laughs) (laughs) But the one everybody everybody knows, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, they were friends in real life. Will Arnett. Will Arnett and Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. But if you think of all those pairings, they were basically just... Just one-offs, really. They all faced each other mm-hmm. one time. They did the Batman and the Joker thing. Their chemistry was hit or miss. Some of it was really good. Some of it was bad. Sometimes they had a couple different meetings, like Ben Affleck's Batman and Jared Leto's Joker somehow had more meetings than one. most of the other ones. And one. I guess Cesar Romero and... They had two. Two in Zack Snyder's Justice League. I guess yeah, Cesar yeah. Romero and Adam West had a lot. But Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill have gone against each other they're the yin and yang they've been against each other in mm. so many adaptations over the years there are the real adaptations of these arch nemeses and just knowing that these two have been going back and forth for so many years just adds to the power of all their adaptations they do together because it feels like a real arch nemeses rivalry You've heard these voices do this a million times over and over, just like in the comic books. It's so, it just feels different than anything else. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, it's funny when you were talking about the pairings. I don't know why Will Arnett and Zach Galifianakis <laughs> popped into my head from the Lego Batman movie, which is actually underrated. I think it's, it's really funny. It's incredible. <laughs> it's a real... I was, uh, we were coming back from a flight from, uh, I think it was Alberta, and I was set next to my, my mom. And it was one of those free movies that was on the airplane, if you just scroll through the channels. And I started watching, and I was laughing my ass off. And my mom's like, what are you watching? Are you serious? Like, this is really funny. <laughs> that transitions into a point I wanted to bring up as well, to Kevin Conroy's Batman, is his Batman was one of the few to ever do everything a Batman can do. Most adaptations of Batman, live action, cartoons, what have you, they really only focus on a couple aspects of Batman at, the to- at a time. They most tend to be the brooding loner stereotype. Like a Lego Batman movie was about him finding found family and whatnot with Robin and Batgirl and Commissioner Gordon and trying to form a not be a brooding loner which is why it's a great batman story because most nowadays don't do that but kevin conroy's batman is the only batman to he protects gotham works alongside commissioner gordon you see the episodes where 
uh, his, one of his friends, Harvey Dent, turns into a bad guy. You see the episodes where he gets a sidekick in Dick Grayson. You see even later when Dick Grayson moves on to become Nightwing and he gets a second Robin. You, you get to see him grow old in Batman Beyond, fight Darkseid and New Gods and aliens, fight alongside the Justice mm-hmm. League. See him with the Joker over and over and over, have fall in love with Andrea Beaumont or Catwoman or Talia al Ghul, do have his Bat family with Batgirl as well and, and the multiple Robins. And he did, he's the definitive adaptation of Batman because he did all the Batman stuff, world's greatest detective as well. He did everything. No other adaptation of Batman's gotten to do everything that a Batman could ever do. It's so funny because just to bring up the detective part is I think Mask of the Phantasm. That's the one Batman movie that I felt like before the Batman 2022 where it actually felt like a detective movie where you're trying to piece the parts together. Uh, this isn't a hot take within certain communities, but Mask of the Phantasm is the best Batman movie. I don't care what people say. If you're only someone yeah, who's watched the probably. live action, if you're only someone who's watched the live action movies, Dark Knight's the best one. Though my favorite live action, I think, is still the Batman from this year. It hit me. I've only seen it the one wow. time. It hit, it hit me. Like it feels like the best Batman live action i hear what you're saying yeah yeah yeah. the dark like the dark knight's the best movie with batman in it but the batman is the best live action batman movie but it's still one of the best but mask of the phantasm is just the best batman movie in general Mm -hmm. i agree because it's got the most things it's got that complex psychological layer to bruce wayne it's got the joker it's got a new villain it's got, it's only an hour long. It explores Batman's origin story a little bit too. Mm-hmm. It's got, it's very dark and gothic, but there's a lot of hope to it too. A lot of tragedy it really explores what it means to be Batman. And it's, a lot of the scenes in that movie scarred me as a child. Like the scene when <laughs> somebody calls the SWAT team on Batman because they think he's the Phantasm and the SWAT oh, team yeah, shooting, yeah, yeah. shooting him up. And he's like crawling through the building, bloody and shot up. And he has to, Escape slowly from losing team. each like piece of costume too that scarred me as a kid oh yeah and at the end too like when he's beating the joker so much the blood's flowing out of the joker's mouth his teeth are falling out and like those scenes like ingrained mm-hmm. in my brain from the time i was a kid watching that mask of the phantasm on vhs in my basement he, <laughs> I he still has have the it, bit so. uh yeah joker has like the biggest joker laugh at the end of that where the world's on fire and he just has like, he just loves it. Yeah. Uh, there's another... Oh, I think we can't also... We also have to bring it up... I don't know if you ever watched it, but Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. That oh, yeah. one's really good. Kevin yep. Conroy's not in it as much, but I think it has the best flashback sequence I've ever seen in my life where, spoiler alert, <laughs> Joker finds out who Batman is. And, uh, well, he at first he takes Robin... And uh, Tim Drake Robin and tortures him to become a replica of Joker. And uh, that's how he finds out who uh, who Batman is. And it's just a great little speech uh, from Mark Hamill where he says, I know who you are, Bruce. Like, 
it'd be funny if it wasn't so pathetic and they just burst out laughing and then Batman's like I've had enough he's like he he actually feels like he wants to kill him and again it's I don't know if it's because it's set in the same universe but Kamikari just has so few lines and there's so little but the way he delivers them is just yeah. amazing oh yeah I think, also what's the clip me, sorry, you... what's the clip where I it's more it's more in sense of comedy but I think it's him where he 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 plays bad cop good cop with Superman I don't know if you've seen it but he no. plays good cop. It's really funny. You should look it up. But he basically offers, I think, Scarecrow, like, coffee at one point. <laughs> he goes, you should try some coffee. It's good. And he does, like, a smile. And Scarecrow's like, why are you smiling at me? Because it's just so off the wall. You never see it. And it's, it, it's, it's a really good clip. I saw another comedy performance of him lately. It was a clip from Teen Titans Go, of all things. But it was a clip yeah. of... In the classic Batman the Animated Series style where Robin's recounting his backstory and why he left Batman and the whole thing is just a skit about him literally being in Batman's shadow and Kevin Conroy's Batman can't even see Robin because his giant shadow is eclipsing him in the, in the, in the darkness. He's like, where are in you, In your Robin? shadow. Where, where are you? Again. <laughs> the Joker must have taken him. The Oh yeah, going back a few to all the things Kevin Conroy's done, I forgot a big one that he did was in the Arrow vs. Crisis on Infinite Earth special, he got to play the yeah. tortured Batman who went too far and killed people. He even got to do that version of Batman in live yes, action. Yes, the, uh, what's it called? Crisis on Infinite Earth. Was that no, not that, but the story arc that that's based on with the, uh, oh man. It's because it's the Batman. He's a bit older, and he's got like the exosuit. It's called something. Was it King? Was it Kingdom Come? King, yeah, in? Kingdom Come. Thank you. That's that what it was. And... That's what it was based on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he went. I don't think Batman became a killer in Kingdom Come, but the exosuit was based on that. No, no, but that's that's what it's based on. And he got to punch Supergirl in the face with a kryptonite glove. I haven't watched that, but that I've seen clips of it. And it looks very good. It's great. It, just to I see just, him be like a live action Batman is awesome. That was a first too. That no voice actor for Batman's ever mm -hmm. got to play him in live action. And I just remember, oh, and the, what also made that special was that the Arrowverse had intentionally held off on Batman for, I guess it was seven years old at that point. They'd mentioned Batman a couple <sighs> times. Even the Batwoman show had been on for its first season and they only talked about Bruce Wayne. But in all mm -hmm. the years of the Arrowverse, Kevin Conroy's Batman was the first time Bruce Wayne ever showed up in live action in that universe. And this is a universe that got to characters like... like D-listers, like Z-listers, before they got to Batman. Yeah, it's crazy. And, yeah, and was he was amazing. Was it a thing, or just because they wanted to do, like, the more... Uh, it's because Warner like Brothers... stuff. It's because Warner Brothers was a bit of... I mean, there's a whole history going into this, but Warner Brothers was trying to hold off on a lot of main-tier mm -hmm. DC characters. They wouldn't let the Arrowverse have them. For the movies, yeah. They didn't let them do a Suicide Squad story. They had to scrap that whole thing. They wanted to use to, uh, Ted Kord's Blue Beetle, but Warner Brothers wouldn't let them, so they made Brandon Routh the Atom instead, Ray Palmer. They wanted to bring in Superman early but they wouldn't even let them use superman so in the whole first season of supergirl he's just a shadow or she just texts him and then they caved on that and brought in tyler ecklin 
And it was just, it was, uh, it was bull crap uh. after they, they wouldn't let them use booster gold either till really recently. It was just, it was this stupid thing where they didn't want characters to be in the movies. Well, and the, the only TV one, shows, the only one who likes, Flash. the only one who likes booster gold is you. <laughs> He's That's amazing. <laughs> He's incredible. He gets stomped on by Doomsday in, <laughs> in those issues. Yeah, when I love Doomsday it. was first introduced. Mm. Oh, man. And that Superman actor from the Supergirl show is in... That's the same one for Superman and Lewis, correct? Yep, Tyler Ecklin. Is that the same one? Yeah. Yep. He was at Fan Expo, I think. Or did he cancel? I think, yeah, him and uh, who played Lois in Superman and Lois. I don't remember her name right now. I think they came. Yeah, they both came. I think I saw him. Yeah, Yeah, they both came. He's a handsome man. Well, most Superman are. Mm -hmm. I saw a clip uh, from Superman and Lewis where he's talking to his... It says, spoiler, his son. <laughs> no, that's just the premise of the or show. That, okay. Where he's talking about uh, his son's in love or whatever, and he just yells at him. I was like, ooh, shit. Hmm. Uh, so, so I, I yeah, got it does very well. I got to go back a little bit to talk about Kevin Conroy's portrayal of Batman. There, mm-hmm. was a better, there was a better transition point to this, but I think what makes him the definitive Batman beyond doing everything a Batman can do is that his portrayal feels the most human of of them all. It's like I said before about him taking his real life pain and and uh tough past and putting it into the Batman character. I think a lot of say for example Michael Keaton played up the idea that Bruce Wayne was this kind of deranged loner, he who dressed up like a bat at night. He was clearly mentally ill. He you know, in his bedroom, he hung up like a bat at night when he slept upside down. He like he was very just a strange guy as Bruce Wayne. He was like playing up the mental illness. Christian Bale was a lot more grounded, single minded, nearly sociopathic in a way, the way he could so easily transition between Bruce Wayne and Batman. Like his Bruce Wayne when he was playing Bruce Wayne, not as Batman, he was just a very cold and determined figure, very single-minded. And his Bruce Wayne was his Bruce Wayne as the billionaire playboy was good. Robert Pattinson. This is probably just, the best live-action Bruce Wayne so far, in my yeah. opinion. Robert Pattinson is very well. That was the whole point, but there's no Bruce Wayne persona. He's just broody all the time. Not yet. Yeah, he's just ben a Aff- sad boy. And Ben Affleck had this traumatic past, but Kevin Conroy. Yeah, bat- this Batman is just as traumatized as the others, but he's not, he doesn't seem as broken or just scarred by the experience in a way that broke his mind. Not like someone like Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. who's just kind of a crazy guy who dresses up like a bat at night. Kevin Conroy always found a way to make his Batman very sympathetic. Bruce Wayne wasn't just a determined loner. He took in a family. He was nurturing. He was a flawed father figure, but he tried to be a father figure to guys like Robin or later Terry McGinnis. There's a, he sympathized with his villains like Harley Quinn, who he, he always hated that the Joker beat her up and he always thought his villains could be redeemed. He, he never wanted to beat them up. He always tried to talk people down first and sympathize with them and to children he would be a 
uh, an inspiration. He'd never tried to scare kids or anything, just the just the criminals. He tried to be a hero to the people who looked up to him. He wasn't just a symbol for fear and vengeance. He there was a famous scene at the end of near the end of Justice League Unlimited where there's this kid who has the power to destroy the world or something with mental illusions and Amanda Waller wants Batman to take this kid out and Batman volunteers to go in there, the guy with no superpowers, and he just sits on a swing set and talks to the girl before she's about to die. No other Batman would do that. That's Batman like other Batman would find a way to sneak in there, beat her up, save the day. They'd all be these macho heroes who are kind of a male power fantasy. Batman is very cold and calculating and smartest man in the world, greatest detective, can he, he's a he's a badass, he's got all this training, he's got mental, physical fortitude, he can beat up aliens, he's he's a man who can go toe-to-toe with gods. Kevin Conroy's Batman is all that, but he's also a guy who can sit with a little girl who's gonna die on a swing set and just comfort her as she's about to die. Yeah who sympathizes with his villains, tries to see the best in people, tries to convince his villains that there's a better way to live, doesn't like that he has to fight crime, but sees it as a necessity, tries to be a father figure, There's wants a family, falls in love, has somewhat healthy relationships with people, but just self-sabotages. He's not crazy. He's just a flawed man. <laughs> And he's so well-rounded. No other version of Batman's got all that. Yeah, and that's why I think the Arkham games are just so good because there's moments, and it's more touched on in the sequels, where uh, we're, we're at the very end where because Joker has poisoned himself with the toxin the previous game and Batman has the cure. And he, there's this moment where Batman is just like every... Like, every day, all you do is bring death and misery to people. They die, and I stop you, but you'll just break out and do it again. And they have a little scuffle, and Joker ends up, and ironically, destroying the cure that could have saved him. And then Batman says to him, you know what, something funny, after all you've done, I would have saved you. At the end of the day, he doesn't want to be... That is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the day, he just, he's just... He's just broken. He doesn't want to have. He doesn't want the same pain to be dealt on other individuals, no matter how, no matter how much like pain and destruction they've done. Or like Mr. And one Freeze. of my favorite moments. It's yeah, Mister Freeze as well. He cares about Mister Freeze. He he even goes out of his way. Well, you go out of your way if you think about it mm. to find Mister Freeze's wife in a side mission, and it's touched on more in Arkham Knight where you actually bring her back to life in a sort of way where where Mr. Freeze isn't really a villain in Arkham Knight from what I remember, or he might be, I can't remember. Hmm. But he, it's more so where he, uh, Nora says, like, it's okay, like, you can you can let me go, and Batman even says, I'm sorry. Like, I, I wish I could do more for you. Yeah. And he really just humanizes, he, to me, personally, he's the one that perfectly represents that Bruce Wayne isn't Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is Batman. Like, that's the one he feels more comfortable being in. And it's a little moment near the end of Arkham Knight where he's revealed to be Bruce Wayne. And he's talking to Jim. 
and he says, you were, you're a good friend of me, Jim. And he doesn't talk in the voice he uses as Bruce Wayne. He talks as if he's still Batman, but his cowl is off because that's who he feels he is. That's the, his more, that's who he's more comfortable being in. And not to say the other Batman actors, even live action or voice actors, don't do that. They do portray uh, Bruce Wayne being more in touch, being more comfortable in the Batman persona. But the way Kevin Conroy does it, it just feels natural to him. It's not because he's afraid of being Bruce Wayne. It's because this is just who he is. He is Batman. I actually have a Kevin Conroy quote here about that. He said, I decided that the Bruce Wayne persona, the public persona, is the performance, and the Batman character is who he is when he's most natural. When he's putting on the cape, he's becoming himself. Everyone's got issues. So, yeah. I, think, I think Kevin Conroy is kind of known for that, as being the first person to really distinguish Batman and Bruce Wayne as two different versions of the same guy, but the Batman one being who he really is. Like, even, yeah. actually, come to, come to think of it, even in most versions of the show, when he's sitting around in the Batcave with his cowl off, he's still talking in the Batman voice. Mm-hmm. It's only when he's out yeah. in Bruce Wayne clothes that he talks, like, like when he's with the Justice League, when he's got his cowl off, when he's just talking to Alfred in the Batcave, he uses the Batman mm-hmm. voice. You're right. That's... Even like yeah. even when he takes his cowl off, I think it might be one of the first episodes of Justice League, or it's a flashback episode because I don't I don't remember the order, but it's when they first reveal who their uh, real identities are. He still talks in the Batman voice, where and it's a great moment where the Flash is like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I trust you guys, but I don't." And he just interrupts and goes, "Wally West, Clark Kent, <laughs> Bruce Wayne." And at first, my first reaction to that was always like, oh, this is, I have to remember, this is the Wally West version, not the uh, Barry Allen version, which yeah. I don't know if I know the difference anymore, if I'm being honest with you. I need to do a deep dive on that. Who was the original? Barry Allen? Or it's just unrelated. It just depends on <clears throat> the inter- Okay, that's, well. That's me being a right. smartass again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Jay Garrick was the 40s. Barry Allen I'm was- slap you. <laughs> I'm gonna slap you. <laughs> And there was Barry, Barry Allen, Allen that was, it was Wally West, uh, correct? 1950s yeah. to the 80s. Wally West was Flash when we were kids, and then Barry Allen was like 2006 okay. to present. So, right. So in that, like in that universe, does Barry Allen even exist? I don't think so. It just be it was just Wally West was the new one, or I'm going to assume it was the same kind of thing that happened in the comics. Barry Allen existed, died, and Wally West was his successor. Because in the Okay. Here's your, cra- here's your crash course. Barry Allen was the one who made the Flash powers. Wally West was mm, Barry okay. Allen's. Barry Allen had a love interest named Iris West, and Wally West was her nephew, who would come to visit Iris sometimes. Uh, and when, Bar- and when okay. Barry and Iris would go on dates, sometimes Wally would be in town for a visit with his aunt, and yada, yada, yada. Gotcha. Wally got the same powers as Barry. He became his sidekick, Kid Flash. And then when Barry Allen died, he became the Flash. Mm-hmm. He was kind of the first sidekick to take up the mantle of the main hero. But what made it crazier was that he was the Flash, the only Flash, and Barry Allen stayed dead in the comics for like 20 years. This is back when people who died in comics stayed oh. dead. 
And Wally right. West was okay. the like the Flash for 20 years, and he'd just been the sidekick for 20 years before that in the Teen Titans and in the Flash books. So yeah, this is a Batman right, podcast, right, right. but you know, yeah, yeah. I think another another highlight. Gotcha. Thank you. I'm, not, I'm still gonna slap you. Uh, <laughs> another highlight episode for <laughs> Justice League is when because I think it's based off of an Alan Moore comic where Superman gets a present, but it's like an alien that's slowly killing him but in his mind he thinks he's in his most in his well, fantasies what's, what's that called what's that one called that one's called i know yeah. i know the one i don't know what i don't remember what it's called but i know the story yeah uh and the weekly planet talked about this recently but when batman gets infected with the alien his fantasy his fantasy is just um it's Bruce Wayne coming out of the Master Zorro with his parents, and it's and Joe Chill pops up, and I think Kevin Conroy voiced Joe Chill in that episode as well. Ooh, okay, which is very interesting. But instead of Joe Chill killing the parents, it's just Thomas Wayne beating the shit out of Joe <laughs> Chill for like a solid five minutes or something like that, like a, a crazy amount of time, and that's just. His that's that version of Batman's <laughs> fantasy, just his dad being the shit of their would be killers. I think that's, that's just so funny. And another funny part in that episode where Wanda Woman uh, asked, was like, Oh, well, what'd you get him? And Bruce Wayne's like, I got him cash. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he wants. Like, <laughs> all right. So I'm a billionaire. Let's... I'll just give him like, <laughs> just give him money. All right, so let's start to wrap her up. Just in general, what does Kevin uh, Conroy mean to you? Uh, Kevin Conroy, to me, he is a hero in terms of voice acting. It's always something I want to get into and always have wanted to get into. He And he's just been with me throughout my whole life. I mean, through the Arkham games, through the Injustice games, through the TV shows, through the movies... He's just been consistently great in everything. He's been an icon in it. And there's been other voice actors that I like that, like I've mentioned Troy Baker and Nolan North, but Kevin Conroy has just been the guy for me. And it sucks that he's no longer with us, but I can't dwell on his death. I have to remember the good times and how he is just an icon. And I think he will always be iconic he will and personally for me he is my favorite batman out of the live actions out of the animations out of you know cartoons like you said when i read batman comics i think of his voice you know kevin conroy to me is batman now and forever to me kevin conroy was one of my early childhood inspirations he helped me fall in love with the superhero genre in general, but was probably the most complex superhero adaptation of my early childhood. Like I said, he showed me that superheroes not only could be badass and fight the villains, but also that redemption was possible, that even if people commit crimes over and over, you have to show a certain amount of sympathy to to people and hope for the best even if you prepare for the worst 
which is kind of Batman's whole thing. He showed that there could be a vulnerability to heroes that they weren't just they weren't just people who like the criminals weren't the only ones with problems. The good guys could have problems just as deep but still put good out into the world. He he taught me a lot about what it means to be a hero and or just a good person. And beyond that his adaptations of Batman or Batman is one of my favorite characters in anything ever and his versions of Batman are some of the best versions of Batman ever put to screen. Batman the animated series is in my top 10 TV shows of all time, not just cartoons, but all TV shows. The Arkham games are some of the best, most innovative video games ever made. The Justice League animated movies are incredible and have provided me many dozens of hours of entertainment. I also am a fan of the Arrowverse, seeing him as the live-action Batman in that universe just, just you know, made me feel great as a, as a fan of DC in general. He's been a constant presence throughout my life, and I never met him personally, but I always feel like I knew him in a way. He's just always been around for me, and it's one of those things where you don't realize how much you're going to miss somebody until they're gone, and it just this celebrity death has probably impacted me more than any other I can remember, really. Just nobody else I've known died uh, as ever it just meant as much to me as Kevin Conroy did just what he provided to my life in the last 24 years I've been alive he's just always been there and one of my most consistent forms of entertainment and you know entertainment is everything to me you know all the movies and shows I watch over the years I'm in media I'm a writer so like the fact that he's been there for so much of my formative years and in my medium it's yeah um so a little bit about his legacy just to finish off or what we think his legacy will be he's known for you know when he was in the recording studios back on batman the animated series he used to he used to make his co-stars laugh tried to always put people at ease people will so his co-stars will remember him as a guy who kept things light and tried to make a working environment a good place. Some other people will remember him for, for example, after the week after 9-11, he cooked food at a shelter. And there's this famous story about how this guy came up to him and he said, oh yeah, I'm an architect, is my day job, and uh, what's your day job? Oh, I do I do voice work. And he's like, oh, I knew it. I recognized your voice. You're Batman, aren't you? And the guy apparently yelled back to all his other friends, like, hey, Batman's cooking our food. And they're like, no, nah, we don't believe you. Bullshit! Yeah. <laughs> and then he did his, and then he did his famous Batman speech, and then they all we're like, holy shit, Batman's cooking our food. And he's like, the week after 9-11, this is the first time I saw New Yorkers smile in a while. And so he was, he was making people feel good. He attended an insane amount of conventions, including our local fan expo, Toronto. 
He really cared about his fans, like we said, was a performer on websites like Cameo, connected with his fans at every opportunity, never looked down on people for liking Batman. He embodied the role in in real life, always tried to just let people foster their love and what it meant to them. He was a, a kind-hearted human being who tried to make people's lives happier however he could, whenever he could. Conroy may not have stopped any real-world villains or worn a cape, but he was a hero and an inspiration to us nonetheless, and will be missed dearly by all. He may be gone, and other actors will embody Bruce Wayne in the decades to come, but we believe that, however amazing their portrayals, and forever long Batman exists, Kevin Conroy will endure as the Dark Knight's definitive adaptation. He's not just a version of the Caped Crusader. He is vengeance. He is the Knight. He is Batman. Rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. We hope to see you on the next close-up with Ryan and Joe, where we review God of War Ragnarok and Glass Onion. Till next time. Take care.